the people that I brought into my life were a reflection in some aspect of who I was. And I know we don't like to think of it that way, right? Like if we're in an abusive relationship, we don't want to say, well, I'm not abusive. Well, if you're in an abusive relationship, you are. You're abusing yourself by staying in that relationship. When we love ourselves, when we are content with ourselves, we do not subject ourselves to abuse. We do not subject ourselves to someone who is controlling us. Welcome EI enthusiasts to the Living and Leading with Emotional Intelligence podcast by Emotional Intelligence Magazine. Emotional Intelligence Magazine, or EIM+, as it's known for short, is a one-stop resource for anyone looking to learn more about emotional intelligence. In addition to articles, videos, and recommended books to help you develop and expand your EI, EIM Plus offers a platform for EI coaches and specialists so they can connect with individuals who are ready to take their life or business to the next level. Learn more by visiting ei-magazine.com. That's ei-magazine.com. Or follow us on Instagram at the underscore EI underscore magazine. You can find these links and more in today's show notes. If you are new to this podcast, welcome. If you are a regular listener, welcome back. Today's episode would typically be a guest host episode. However, I have decided to hijack that and do a solo episode. My hope is that this message meets you where you are. And I have a feeling that the universe is going to place this in front of the right individual who needs to hear it. And maybe that's you. If you're someone who is so overwhelmed with anxiety, you feel like you're trapped in a life that isn't meant for you. You question whether you even have a purpose. You feel like you have so much more to offer, but you don't know what that is because you feel like you've always been pushed in a different direction by your family, by society, or maybe you find yourself in an unhealthy relationship that's not very fulfilling, but you're afraid to leave that person because the fear of losing them is more stressful than dealing with the problem because you've invested so much time and energy into it. If any of that resonates with you, then this episode is meant for you. Some of you may know my story if you have followed me long enough. Essentially, this was me a little over 10 years ago. I was brought up in a home where there was a lot of anxiety, a lot of discord, and a lot of toxic relationships. And so I adopted all of these toxic behaviors, ways of thinking, ways of living, and didn't realize there was any alternative to that reality. By the time I was 15, I was placed on anti-anxiety medication. I was also diagnosed with OCD and ADD. I was a terrible student, and I suffered from codependency and chronic panic attacks. And I felt trapped. That's the only way I can think of it. I felt like I was trapped in this 
very congested orb of toxic negative energy. And I thought, if I could just escape this reality, if I could escape the people that I'm around, if I could get out of this relationship, if, 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 if all of these other things outside of myself were to change, then I could live a good life. And it wasn't until I was 23 in a new relationship, I finally broke free of my old relationship, but literally I had to find a new relationship before I detached from the other one. It was what some people call a rebound. I needed to have somebody in my life. I didn't know how to live a life without someone because I was codependent. And I realize that now. And if you haven't heard of codependency, it's essentially your fulfillment is through the fulfillment of other people in your life. The love that you have for yourself is not typically self-generated. It has to be generated through other people. So when other people are mad at you, you feel lost. When other people love you, you feel loved. But without the feelings of other people, you don't know who you are. You're not content within yourself. And that's the way I was for many years. And of course, I was in denial of that because who wants to admit that they're lost in who they are and lack love for themselves? And it took me hitting rock bottom before I accepted that I needed help and started on my EI journey. And it was very serendipitous the way this happened. So I was in a relationship with this new guy that I moved to Charlotte for and got away from my ex that I'd been with since I was 15 years old, the only guy I'd ever dated. And within three months of this new relationship, some of my old behavior patterns started to reemerge. And I think many of us can relate to that. We start a new relationship. Everything seems amazing. We're like, oh, yes, this is it. Finally, I found the one. And then we get comfortable with one another. And both of us kind of stop putting our best effort into the relationship. Our true colors resurface. And I don't even know if I would like to call that our true colors. Let's just say our trauma, our unhealed trauma starts to resurface. And until we take care of that unhealed trauma, which is not a part of who we are, right? But it does determine our reality because so within, so without, meaning Whatever your thoughts are, whatever your feelings are, that's going to dictate how you interact and perceive the outside world and how the outside world interacts with you. Because based on those thoughts, those feelings, that perception, that's going to dictate your actions, right? So you're projecting what's in outside of yourself and then you're attracting that back to you. So until that internal world changes meaning until that trauma is healed, you're going to continue to attract that same level of emotional energy, if you will. Let's pause for just a moment because if what I've said so far resonates with you, I want to share a private group or fellowship, as I'm calling it, that is going to launch this January. All of us deserve a life that is full of meaning and purpose. If you want to maximize your potential and escape this cycle of overwhelm and anxiety and heal from years of conditioned emotional trauma, 
without having to do it alone and without having to feel shame, this is the group for you. I will personally be leading this private fellowship because I believe that I'm here for one thing, to support you on your search towards fulfillment, no matter where you are along this crazy path called life. By joining my fellowship, you'll be able to take part in monthly group coaching sessions with me, and I'll provide you weekly personalized journal prompts that will aid in solving the root of your problems and help you establish a solid intention to back your goals. We'll start every day with a positive quote, and you'll have 24-7 access to a private forum and library of intentionally curated resources to aid in your growth and development. You'll also be able to participate in a quarterly book club where you can personally connect with select authors for a Q&A. How cool is that? Please hear me when I say that you are not alone in the struggle. I have been there and you do not have to feel shame about it anymore. For the longest time before I started my personal development journey, I always had an excuse for why I didn't take action, whether it was my job, my relationship, the timing was off, I was so busy. The thing is, there's always going to be something that comes up. You have to make that time to commit to yourself. You have to get your priorities in alignment. And if you are your priority, then I'm inviting you today to apply to be part of this fellowship. The first 20 people who join will receive a 50% off discount on their monthly or annual membership. So don't wait. That doesn't mean you still can't join because it's still a great deal. But if you want that discount, because maybe money's tight right now, since we're in a recession, don't wait to apply. You can find the link to the Combo Shop Fellowship, as it's called, in today's show notes, or you can visit ei-magazine.com slash fellowship to learn more. Now back to the show. How we heal from our trauma looks different for every single person. And that's why I don't offer a step-by-step program whenever I work with individuals in coaching because all of us are coming from a unique place. We're in a unique situation and we need to have people meet us where we are and guide us to where we want to go not follow yet another script and another path and another program that's geared towards the masses. Hopefully by me sharing my EI journey with you and what that looked like and what I learned from that experience, it will help you decide what the next step is for you in your EI journey. The very first step for me was Well, I guess the first step was hitting rock bottom, unfortunately. It doesn't have to be that way. We can develop enough awareness to pull ourselves out of it. But unfortunately, for many of us, we have to hit a point of so much pain that there's nowhere but up from that point. And that was the turning point for me. The second thing that I did was I accepted, painfully accepted, and acknowledged that I was my problem. It wasn't other people. It wasn't my childhood. It wasn't my environment. It wasn't the people around me. I was the problem. But guess what? I was also the solution. And I think accepting that and acknowledging 
that while we cannot be responsible for the pain inflicted on us, right, we're not responsible for the trauma that was inflicted on us. However, we are responsible for how we manage and handle that trauma and heal from that trauma. The problem is many of us don't know what we don't know. I didn't know that that was an option. I have been told from a very young age that I had these conditions, these disorders, that I had a chemical imbalance, that my anxiety was hereditary. And both of those things were true. Yes, I did have a chemical imbalance because I was constantly being triggered. I was constantly in a stress response state, which was creating a flood of those stress hormones and chemicals in my body. But it was primarily due to my thoughts and my reactions to my environment and how I was conditioned to behave. Equally, it was hereditary, but not in the sense of there's this gene that's been activated. It was more of because my family had unhealed trauma and their family had unhealed trauma, that trauma was being passed down through the generations through actions and behaviors and parenting styles and modeling. But we're not told that by society. We are told that it is a chemical imbalance that we cannot do anything about. We are told that it is part of our genetic makeup. And so the only solution is to be treated with medication. Now, I am not saying that medication is quote-unquote evil or you shouldn't be on it, you shouldn't take it. That's not what I'm saying at all. I was on medication for my anxiety and my OCD and my ADD for a while, and it did help me get to a neutral state where I could focus on other areas of development and growth. So please don't take me saying, you know, I'm not on medication anymore or, you know, that I'm quote unquote against medication. I do believe, however, that medication does not resolve or solve the root of our problems. It doesn't at all. It simply tries to neutralize the chemicals in our body that are being triggered by this trauma in our environment. All right, so step one was to acknowledge and accept that I am both the problem and the solution. And then step two was figuring out what to do about it. And this is where it gets a little rocky and where it's very hard to say what I did next. I do remember going back to school for psychology because I thought, well, if I can go back, get a four-year degree and figure myself out at the same time, kind of kills two birds with one stone, so to speak. Um, But I'd always had a passion for psychology since a high school psychology course. So instead of trying to pull something out of the air, since I really don't remember what the next step was, it was such a messy process. I mean, 10 years, that's a long time to be working on yourself. There was a lot of setbacks. So instead of trying to take you through that crazy winding road journey, I am going to take you through a process. If I could go back, knowing what I know now, what I would have done differently or what I would have done step by step, so to speak. And again, it's different for everyone, right? So whatever resonates with you, do that. But first and foremost, it always has to be acceptance and acknowledging that we are the problem. And it's that acceptance that we are the problem that prevents so many people from going down this 
self-development, self-discovery journey in finding fulfillment in life. And I think this is for several reasons. I think the very first and fundamental reason is we've been conditioned to always look outside of ourselves for both problems and solutions instead of within ourselves. The second reason is the ego. The ego never wants to look at itself in a negative light and accept that it has to do the work to change. And the third reason is a combination of really the first and second. Society has done a great job of triggering our egos. And our egos are governed by fear and scarcity. Our egos want to be in control. It wants to be right. It wants to be above all else, et cetera, et cetera. And so the way that society has made us look at our own self is that if we behave in a certain way, if we have certain thoughts, then those are labeled as bad, as evil, as maybe stupid or crazy, right? Like certain behaviors, people look at you and they're like, oh, you're crazy, However, our behavior and our thoughts are not a reflection of who we are at our core. Instead, our behaviors and our thoughts are just reactions of how we're processing our experiences. And when we lack emotional intelligence, which is a skill that has not been taught in our society then we tend to process those unhealthy or traumatic experiences in a toxic way and continue the cycle of emotional trauma. Once we realize and accept that our thoughts and our behaviors are not part of who we are, they are not part of our identity, we are able to detach from the shame that so many of us feel whenever we step into that space with those emotions and feelings. And this is a major step because it's that shame that we feel that tends to prevent us from moving forward. It's almost unbearable for us to handle. But when we can detach from that and we realize that that's not who we are, it's what we're experiencing and we don't know how to handle that experience properly, a major shift takes place. We approach our thoughts and our behaviors with curiosity and without judgment. And through curiosity and non-judgment comes introspection. Instead of running from those uncomfortable emotions, we're able to sit with those uncomfortable emotions. Now that does not make it pleasant by any means. There's still going to be discomfort. But instead of trying to escape it, you begin to ask yourself questions like, why am I feeling this way? Why am I having these thoughts? Why did I react to that person in that way? Why did I potentially have a panic attack on my way home from work today? What led to that? And the more that you ask yourself these questions, the longer that you sit with these emotions. Now, sitting with your emotions is not being stagnant with your emotions. You're not dwelling on them. You're not living within them. You're getting curious about it. You're working through them. There's a difference there. But when we can ask these questions, some things come to light And things start to make sense. And it happens at our own pace. Journaling is great for this. I highly recommend that if you find yourself 
lost in not knowing where certain emotions or behaviors came from to just journal when you're in that space, unfiltered, meaning whatever you're thinking, whatever you're feeling, write it down. Don't try to make it sound better than it is. If you feel like you hate someone in that moment, write down how you feel about hating them. Some people may disagree with this activity and that's okay. You don't have to do this. But what I have found is that my feelings are so much stronger than I ever imagined. In those moments, I feel justified. I feel right for feeling that way and for having these thoughts. And it's not until either I write it down or I record myself audibly having these emotions, thoughts, or feelings, and then coming back to it later that I realized just how intense and strong they were. And then I also start to pick up on keywords, things that I said, and then I can reflect and become curious because sometimes when we're in that very intense emotional state, curiosity and non-judgment are just, <laughs> we're just not able to introspect and self-reflect in that moment. So this allows you to go back to that scenario and work through it. So that has been transformative for me. Another thing that I found to work very well, and I wish that I would have known looking back, is realizing when it comes to relationships specifically, that we should not look for someone to complete us. I think that is another thing that society has really messed us up on is finding our better half or our other half. We are a whole person all by ourselves. We do not need another person in our lives to make us whole. We are whole. The problem is if we ourselves are somewhat lost in who we are, then we're going to attract someone who is lost in who they are and we're going to look for our completed self, quote unquote, in that other person. And that's just, it's not going to end well. Looking back, that is one thing I can see very clearly now is that the people that I brought into my life were a reflection in some aspect of who I was. And I know we don't like to think of it that way, right? Like if we're in an abusive relationship, we don't want to say, well, I'm not abusive. Well, if you're in an abusive relationship, you are. You're abusing yourself by staying in that relationship. When we love ourselves, when we are content with ourselves, we do not subject ourselves to abuse. We do not subject ourselves to someone who is controlling us. We just don't. Again, that's very painful to have to accept that. But the reality is no one can love or hate you more then you love or hate yourself. I'm going to repeat that one more time in case you missed it. No one can love or hate you more than you love or hate yourself. So if you find yourself in a situation or a relationship where people are treating you poorly and you find that their words affect you in a negative way, then that means on some level, you are accepting what they are saying about you. And in order to accept what they are saying, you have to believe that about yourself on some level. And the way that you can determine exactly how much you believe in what they're saying, well, how much did it bother you? If it's like, eh, that kind of bothered me, but not so much, 
then you don't really accept it that much. But if you dwell on what they say for hours, for days, if you find yourself getting into a depression, if you find yourself feeling angry and rageful, then that is an indicator at a subconscious level that you believe it. A painful truth, but an equally powerful truth. Because these are the insights that lead to transformation. We have to go in the darkness even further to find the light. And when you get to know yourself on that level, the deepest, darkest parts of yourself, and when you can see those parts of yourself with compassion, with understanding, and with curiosity, then everything else starts to unfold. The light starts to appear. Things start to get easier. And the way that you interact with the world and the way that the world begins to interact with you is beyond belief. And it's one of those things that it's hard to explain in words if you haven't experienced it. Because for me, the longest time when people would talk about a better life and what that felt like and what that looked like, it just seemed so far out of reach for me at that time because I was in such a dark place. I was in such a hateful, unloving place within myself. I wish I would have had a coach back then. I wish I would have known that coaches existed back then. I had to go through this by reading, gosh, nearly 100 self-help books before I was able to get to the point that I'm at today. But I don't want that for you. If you resonate with this, understand that there's people out there like me who have been where you are, who have been able to overcome that. It is possible, as impossible as it may seem in this moment, that are willing to help. So I would love for you to reach out to me if this resonates with you. I love helping people. It is my mission in life. I love hearing transformation stories. So please don't feel like you are alone. And if you are hearing this, just know that there is a reason that you are hearing it. I hope that this podcast served you well, and I hope that I hear from you in the near future. But until next time... Live and lead with an open heart and an open mind. Thanks for listening.